Here is a box, a musical box, wound up and ready to play. Can you guess what is in it today? Uh, actually, you don't have to guess because I'm going to tell you. This week we're answering our listeners' queries. Welcome one and all. Hello everyone. This is Box 39, your weekly local community magazine radio programme here on the wonderful and gorgeous Cone Radio. I am Bill Lawrence and I'm joined as ever by my co-presenters on my right in Talentire, Adrian Cohen, and on my left, Mike Harwood. And this week, as Adrian said, we are indeed dipping in to our digital mailbag and we are going to be fielding all sorts of listeners' queries. Now, we're going to sidestep the many texts and emails we have received regarding the internal workings of Colm Radio uh, with the controversial, I'm sure you've read about it in the papers, the controversial new plan to construct a new full-spectrum media centre covering over half a million square feet to the west of Elmstead Market, estimated to be costing the taxpayer £50 million, not to mention your queries, of course, about the office politics in the Box 39 and Red Button Camp. So we're going to do any of that stuff. Shall we save that for another show, Ian? I think that would be a good idea. Good evening, Bill, and good evening, everybody in the studio and listening in this evening. The people that live within a 20-mile radius of Wivenhoe have been abuzz with questions about Adrian's new status as the so-called designated broadcaster. What we're going to do is leave that to Adrian to explain later on in our Red Button programme at 9pm, so please listen to that. He's going to explain what is important and what he thinks about being the designated broadcaster, because it doesn't really have any implications beyond Adrian and his thoughts. Let's allow him to explain. Mike. Yes, good evening all. In a similar fashion, social media has been up in arms about the treatment of Henry and his house band, now called Ausgang Exit Reborn, at the hands of a senior Colm radio broadcaster last week with an online petition and thousands of people in the North East Essex area rejecting the addition of the word reborn to the band's name and vowing to take action. You've been following that, Bill? Well, I have indeed. Uh, it's been the, really the centrepiece of my whole week. It seems there are two factions forming. There's one faction, which are right, uh, who intend to boycott all merchandise. That includes uh, the word reborn. That's T-shirts, satchels, pencils, underwear, talcum powder, life-size cardboard cutouts of the band posters, all that sort of thing. Uh, and another faction who intends to buy up all the Ausgang Exit reborn merchandise they can find, and they're going to burn it in Castle Park. So, enough of that. Let's get down to work. Our theme this week, listeners' queries. Here at Box 39, we have such creative and inquisitive listeners. Entering into the spirit of things, this week several listeners have sent in their queries along with musical requests. Someone told me long ago There's a calm Have you ever seen the rain? This query was sent to us by a listener in Stanway, philosopher and amateur meteorologist Alice Fluck. Well, Alice, technically, no one has ever seen rain. Water molecules absorb certain wavelengths in the electromagnetic spectrum and scatter others. What we see or perceive as light are the scattered photons hitting photoreptor cells in our retinas, not the water itself. 
If that answer strikes you as overly pretentious, allow me to offer a mine is bigger than yours type answer. Listen to me, you moaning mini-Brits with your occluded fronts and cancelled cricket matches. Unless you have seen the kind of rain that fell upon Bill and Ian as they tried to visit the Buddhist temple of Borobudur in central Java in April 2018 at Cone Radio's expense, then you quite simply have never seen the rain. listening to Bill Lawrence, Ian Tallentire and Mike Harwood on Colm Radio and Adrian Cohen, 106.6 FM, out of box 39, Bill Lawrence. the tones of Ausgang Exit Reborn there in the background uh, with their new song, specially written for tonight's show. This is called Dormitory Town Amateur Sleuthing. I think you will agree. It's fantastic to see Big Sue really putting her back into it this week. Now, it is too late. I'm sorry. I've already bought my House Gang Exit Reborn sweatshirt. I am, as you can see, wearing it very proudly tonight. I think it rather goes very well with a pair of uh, your elasticated slacks that I've borrowed, Ian. Anyway, no plans to set fire to it. Uh, as I say, this was House Gang Exit Reborn. And it's great stuff, great stuff. So, come on, let's go on with the show, guys. Let's have a little rummage in the digital mailbag now. Let's have a little look round. And uh, Ian, what have we got? Which is the first one? Um, I've got one from Charles from Wivenoville. Okay, thank you, Charles, for sending in. And what does Charles say? Well, then? I think it's quite poignant, really. Which is your least favourite set of traffic lights in Colchester? <laughs> my least favourite set of traffic lights? Yeah, I've got I've got a prime example. Oh, I can only think of my favourites. What's I can't think of my least favourites. Junction of Mill Road and the Northern Approaches. No, they're, they're about my third favourite. What about you, Mike? Well, um, I'd say Wimpole Road. Yeah, they're good. They're good. I'm not sure if they're favourite. Brook Street might win. Mm, that's a good call. Ian, that's a good call. Yeah, you reckon Brook Street win? Yeah, yeah so they are, Charles. More Brook Street. We've got Brook, Brook Street. Street um, Peter from Stanway. Uh, he has uh, texted in. Uh, he's texted in on 07758323234, by the way. And he said, uh, if you've got tourist parties arriving in Colchester on a Friday evening and departing on the Monday morning, and uh, they're really looking forward to a bit of an action-packed itinerary, what would you plan for them to do on the Sunday morning? Well, I'll tell you what. I would, um, if it's open, if it's not, I'd uh, ask especially for an opening time at the Roman Circus. I was there the other day doing some research, and I was amazed at the uh, the scale of it. It's right from the top of Buck Road right down to uh, where our um, anchorman lives uh, by Military Road. I think I, I just thought it was a small little. Yeah, it's only just closed. But you'd have to give them a lot of notice, stuff. wouldn't you, Mike, to uh, get the earth diggers out and reveal it yeah. just for a Sunday morning. Yeah, but there's uh, the exhibition is I'd, very impressive. It's it is. Awesome. It oh, is okay. good. It is good. We'll give you that. So okay then, Peter. So walk the walls. I'd say, Bill, walk the walls. Yeah. Yeah, the old Roman walls. You get to see Duncan's Gate that way. Oh, you and your Duncan's Gate. I huh? do like Duncan's Gate. I think it's Gate. more than just a little of a detraction. Well, that's uh, Duncan's Gate then. Uh, and the... What did you call it, mate? The Roman... Uh, circus. circus. That's it. It's a circus, isn't it? Okay. Uh, Kate Green is next one. Kate Green from Brightlingsea. That's an old favourite. Now, this is an unusual one Kate's asking. She says, uh, New York has the Bronx, Brooklyn... Queens, Manhattan, and uh, Staten Island. 
What are the equivalents in Colchester? Says Kate.、Uh, the equivalent then to New York in Colchester. Now, Mike, you've you've lived in America, so you should be good at this. This is true, but、um, what's the tallest building? Maybe you could compare the Water Tower with the Empire State Building. <laughs> in what way are you comparing Jumbo well, to the Empire State Building? Depending on how whether you're crouching <laughs> on the ground or standing up,、um, the、uh, Water Tower looks bigger. Yeah, well, yeah. We've got an American diner in the high street, haven't we? This is true. I think there's one down、uh, North Station Road now as well. Sir, yeah, a little diner down there. This is award-winning radio, isn't it? Really?、Um, well, it is because we've come to a full stop. Here, should we move on to another question, Bill? Yeah, I like this one. This is from an old favourite,、uh, a very good friend of the show. This is Donna from Norwich. We haven't heard Welcome, from Donna for a Donna. while. Hello, Donna. Hello, Donna. And she says,、uh, "How many different addresses have you lived in Colchester? Which was your favourite address?" Well, I'll start with this. I have lived in four different addresses in Colchester, none of which are my favourites. I loved them all, and I rented one actually. Which are you、uh, trying not to upset anybody living in any part of Colchester? No, I love it all. I, I mean, Donna, what, what would make your favourite? That's the, that's the thing for me. I don't. I, I'm not sure on what the criteria for an address being a favourite criteria. Favourite address? What is your criteria? Cozy access to facilities, nice view. How about Castle Road? I was living there. Lovely garden. Come on, Mr. Lawrence, use your imagination.、Yeah. Pantry. That's what I want. A pantry. Pantry. And a walk-in pantry. Walk-in pantry. I've had、opens. a walk-in. I've had a walk-in pantry. Oh, you've lived, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, there's some things I've had in my life. Was that、so、it? Walk-in pantry is top, walk pantry. top of the list. No bedrooms. <laughs> <laughs> And this house comes with seven walk-in pantries and a, well, and a bathroom. Let's move in swiftly because、uh, yeah, I, I think we've got something here from Colin. Is it Colin? No, Colin's coming up. Luke Fisher from Elmstead Market. Luke says, "What's your favourite public space? Indoors or outdoors? Outdoors doesn't matter. In Colchester, favourite public space." And、uh, Luke says his favourite public space is Abbey Fields. Well, I would say the、uh, roundabout at、um, St Botolph's.、Uh, Because it's got four exits and meets in the middle, but、um, to be serious for a moment, I would take Castle Park. The variety, the scale. Is that Castle Park? You, That's the one, Castle、yeah. Park.、You've、Lovely, isn't it? Lake River. You've got the hill where you can watch Wimbledon、uh, in the summer. And Tom、uh, Jones this summer. Oh my God! Well, I might reverse my decision here. Tears for fears, I think. And Tom. And Tom and, and Tom. ABC. Well, yes, thank you very much, Colin. We're we being paid for this advert. <laughs> We now have a tweet from the mysterious Bev. Is that one nineteen sixty eight or one nine six eight? Bev nineteen sixty eight. She's young, or he, and they say,、uh, what are the different accents you hear in Colchester? Northern. Well, there's certainly Scots, from you.、Uh, Irish, Army, Welsh. I mean, they're just all there, aren't they? Really, my daughters. This is a my melting pot, Mister Lawrence. Colchester has become a melting pot. I was talking、yeah. to my daughters about their accents. They've they've grown up here, and they have definitely got. Uh, a different accent from me, who was born and brought up in the south of Essex. They're born and brought up in the north here, and、uh, they've definitely got that slightly raise at the end.、Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. A little inflection, inflection at the end of the sentence. When、Absolutely. I came for the day to Essex from Hampshire and、uh, California in 1969,、uh, I heard in Colchester someone say, "Have you got a light, boy?" I think that may be from somebody from a neighbouring county. That's Norfolk. Have you got、oh, a light boy? You got a light boy? Yeah. Well, he's yeah. just passing through, wasn't he? All right. Well, on that and that award-winning radio note, I have to say, <laughs> let's, uh, let's. I think we've got an amazing range, him. great <laughs> range of questions.、Uh, we just、uh, say to anyone, don't forget you can text us,、uh, you can email us, email us at studiocomradio.com. So I think Bill, we've done very well. I've got a late well. one. I've got a late one. Go on, I've、it? got one from Danny in Colchester. Yeah, go on. And it is、uh, very quickly. What is the most daunting prospect in terms of finding a place to park in Colchester on a Saturday afternoon? I think we have to answer this one. Go on. The size of your car, obviously. Our size matters, doesn't it? I've been told so. What is love, baby? Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. Baby, don't hurt me. And now a query from a listener in Earls. Arlesford. I'm never quite sure how to pronounce it. Thank you, John Baskell, for writing in to make your query.
So, John asks, what is love? Well, love can be understood in evolutionary terms as part of the survival instinct. Strong emotional bonds between organisms increase their chances of surviving long enough to procreate, thereby facilitating the continuation of the species. It's easy to see how natural selection favours individuals who form such attachments. Love is also mostly found in the brain. Studies in neuroscience have identified a number of chemicals that appear to be associated with feelings of love. They can be broken down into two distinct phases. Dopamine, norepinephrine and serotonin are most commonly found during the early intense attraction stage of a relationship. Oxytocin and vasopressin seem to be more closely linked to long-term bonding. What is never forget those mice, the way they looked at me when I administered the compound LSD-25. Their eyes, as black as pinheads and about the same size, looked straight, not at my eyes, not quite, but into them. I saw my reflection on the glass, a serious face with eyebrows the shape of attention, looking back at me, at all of us, my paws on the glass feeling cold. The sweet smell of urine coming from my herdmates, and the man in white, as big as God, looking at me. No. I never could forget those mice. then we're going to do something now that will take up a, a few minutes of the show uh, I'm going to play you uh, well first of all you'll need a, a probably a piece of paper uh, a pen or a pencil write down numbers 1 to 10 but you don't have to if you don't want to you can just keep it in your head if you want I'm going to play you 10 theme tunes to 10 different TV programs programs that were broadcast here in Britain and I want you to, to guess what they are and uh, then later in the show uh, I'll give you the answers so here we go Theme number one. TV theme number two. Theme number three. <laughs> TV theme music number four. Theme number five. 
TV theme song number six. <laughs> TV theme seven. This is theme number eight. This is TV theme number nine. Finally, here is theme number 10. Can you guess them? Yeah? Jot it down on a piece of paper or whatever or just sort of think about it or just just enjoy it for what it, what it was and, and then later we'll give you the answers and see how well you've done okay right there we go The Wall of Radio Sound This is another song from our house band, Ausgang Exit Reborn And this is called Saturday Mornings in British Home Stores And, you know, gents, I would certainly say the recent controversy really doesn't affect the accuracy of their performance. This, this is even better than the album version. So, uh, let's crack on, and uh, we've got one more text just coming, and it's from Dave Nash of Colchester, and he says, I'm outside in the car park, uh, can you let me in? So, uh, he'll be coming up in a minute, uh, we're our guest for the Red Buttons coming in early, going to say hello, so we look forward to seeing Dave soon, and uh, so we've got lots and lots more in our digital mailbag, let's see what the listeners' queries we have uh, about the British Isles this time. Ian, uh, if you'd like to open up the screen first... Right, I've got one from Martin Cream out at St. Osith, and the question is, he was asking how pure our claim to be English is. Go on. Your claim? Our claim? Uh, He wants to know how pure our individual claims are. Well, mine isn't at all. I'm definitely uh, a mixed-up bunch. Uh, Heinz 57 version of British, I would say. Yeah, I, I don't know Irish. how that works. I'm not sure there's any Welsh. I don't know how claims like that work. Uh, it really, is it, is it a DNA thing, isn't it? No, it is a DNA thing, and I haven't bothered. No, I know you can get tests through the post, and they'll give you one of about 14 options. The world's divided up into just 14 options, so it, it's not that specific. So they're not going to tell you which village from Papua New Guinea your family originated I from, don't then. think so. I'm no. sorry, uh, Martin Cream from St. Osith. We can't help you any more than that. Uh, but we've got one on a similar vein. This is from Nicola, and this is on our Facebook site, and she's at St. Ives. I don't know if that's Cornwall or Cambridge, St. Ives. But Nicola says, what's the difference between Great Britain and the United Kingdom. I think a burning question, which, to be honest, Ian, I think you can answer. Well, I think technically, very simply, the difference is Northern Ireland. Um, the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, to give it its full title, it's, uh, is what makes us a sovereign state. What's a sovereign state? Go, Mike, what's a sovereign state? It's a sovereign state. Oh, well, fair enough. Whereas the four underlying countries have rights of their own. 
But as we've seen recently, someone's parliament is bigger than somebody else's. Mike, what do you think? I think that um, sovereign states are sovereign. What, they make their own gold sovereigns? Is that what it means, Mike? Uh, not necessarily, but um, they uh, choose have, to make their own laws. Can you have a half-sovereign state? Uh, depends how big Or is that a demi-sovereign state? How big is it? How big is a sovereign state? I don't think you're going to get an answer here. <laughs> Does that mean they get a seat in the UN? Or is that different? I have no idea. I don't know how you get a seat in the UN. I suppose you put your towel over you after breakfast, places. don't you? You get little places like Liechtenstein. They have seats in the UN. Where? Liechtenstein. That's just on the top of the M11, isn't it? No, that's Luton, mate. Oh, sorry. I always get them muddled up because they're next to each other in the dictionary, aren't they, Luton and Lichtenstein? I do get muddled. <laughs> so, uh, let's turn to... Uh, oh, listeners, he's in a mood this evening. Another question. Now, come on, uh, Mike, can you have a look there on the screen for us an email? Uh, yeah, there's an email here from uh, Paula Ann from The Hive. Okay. And she's asking, why does the UK get to send only one team to the Olympics? But four to the World Cup, and I've got an answer to that, because we need more. Because we haven't won the World Cup in football for, uh, since 1966, we probably need 12 teams to go to uh, the World Cup, and maybe one would win. There was only but, one that won last time, wasn't it? West Ham won it. West Ham. <laughs> but to be fair, England this time, with the uh, the young players, they did really well, and just unfortunately... Come and on, don't be distracted. We almost made the final, that so was let's not, not be too critical. That was not the question, Mike. The question was why, not how well they played. And I think you need to refer back to the last answer. I it's think because that's, the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland I think four Mike, constituent countries. Uh, Mike is making a sovereign interpretation of the question. Thank you, Bill. Uh, Have you turned into a sovereign state, Mike? <laughs> anyway, I've got one. It, who's that from? Who's from this one from? Toddy, St. John's Green in Colchester. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It says, why isn't the border set by Hadrian's Wall not, more or less, the modern-day border between Scotland and England? I know that answer. Go on. It's because Toddy couldn't... Uh, sorry, Hadrian, Toddy, couldn't, uh, couldn't follow his compass properly and he got a bit lost. And he missed the proper border, which was already set out there with cones, uh, sort of very old Celtic cones, uh, marking it. And uh, that's, <laughs> is that right? <laughs> No, anyway, there was another wall, wasn't there? Which I think is Go closer on. to the uh, real border. And what was that wall called? The Antonine Wall. It was. It was. You're impressed. I'm very good, you and should why? Uh... I think I know the answer as to why Hadrian built his wall why he did as well. Why? Have I got time? You've got time. We've always got time in. Because that's For a man where... of your age, we've got plenty of Thank time. Thank you, because I'm starting to speak more slowly as I become more aged. Um, I think it's because there's a geological anomaly that runs across the country at that point. A geological anomaly? Yeah. That's easy for you to say. It is at this time of night. It might not be after Red Button when Mike's brought us another three pints. <laughs> what is this geological anomaly? There is a shift in the surface of the country at that point, which causes a cliff edge, and that is what Hadrian bought, built his wall upon. A shift? There's a shift. I don't know there how are you know. a number. Do you know these things? There are a number of geological anomalies as you walk north to south in yeah, the United Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, you need to walk the uh, Pennine Way, Bill. You'll see a few of them. Well, the trouble is, when we go walking with you, I'm so dazzled by the sun off that hairpiece of yours, it's very, very difficult for me to keep up. It's the new one that I bought with the blonde tips. That's it's quite good. Off. Is that your walking hairpiece? Yeah, it's though? my walking hairpiece. It's got double um, sticky back plasticky stuff on it to stick it to my scalp. Do you really use Velcro? No, 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 it's sticky. Oh, it's it takes wonderful. ages to get it off in the shower. Now, Mike, Mike, let's get us away from uh, talking about Ian's head. And uh, have you got another uh, got another email from a listener? I have, yeah. I've got... Go on, uh, fire away. Who's it from? That's uh, from uh, Sarge. Uh, Facebook, Merville Barracks, Colchester. Okay, Sarge has written into us on Facebook. He's from Merville Barracks in Colchester. Yes. Fire away, go and, on. And uh, what he's asked is, come what on, would Sarge. be different about life in both theory and practice if you lived on the Isle of Man or the Channel Islands? Don't, if you, if you don't lived, be naughty. If what would be different if you lived on the Isle of Man or the Channel? Go on, Mike. What do you think? Well, uh, is the Isle of Man a tax haven? It uh, is. Uh, well, I believe in paying right. taxes to benefit of all. Uh, but it's not part of Great Britain. So well, they're not paying taxes to you. Is that what the T and TT stand, races stand for on the Isle of Man? Taxes. 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 Oh, I can <laughs> tell you, my, um, I see. my uncle liked, liked the Isle of Man. I mean, uh, I didn't always agree with him, but... Um, 
On his 80th birthday, he did uh, 80 uh, circuits of the Isle of Man TT racetrack. Wow. On his birthday, which was quite an achievement. But um, there you go, that's a family history. Not bad on a Zimmer frame, Mike. The only person I would imagine life would have been different 20 years ago if you lived on the Isle of Man, because you could have bumped into Norman Wisdom who lived there. You could, and you could have got the Birch if you were a naughty boy or girl. God, it was a different place. The Birch, Norman Wisdom, your uncle on his TT car. But having said that, the oldest parliament in the world, allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. Tinwald. Yeah. Ah, he's so knowledgeable that he is. That's unbelievable. The stuff that lies under that hairpiece, Mike. Yeah. You wouldn't see, you wouldn't know it from looking from here, would you? I know. I think he's got more knowledge since he's had that the golden tip one. <laughs> As the golden tip. Well, uh, can I just pull off a? Uh, I'm going to pull one off the uh, the screen. Yeah, let's have one. Who's are you choosing, then, Bill? I'm going for Rachel Steam from Leia de la Haye. I know you, Rachel. Well, we've met many times uh, outside uh, the uh, when I've been signing autographs outside Cold Radio Tales. Well, great favourite, Rachel. So popular, Mr. Lawrence. Now, Rachel uh, asked me to ask. She said, uh, "She said East Anglia isn't only Norfolk and Suffolk, but it's Cambridgeshire as well." But she said her neighbour, who's called uh, who's called uh, Derek, Derek disagrees and. Uh, What's the answer? Rachel is she right? Is Rachel is, right? Is wait for it, wait for it. Drum roll. Rachel is right. Oh, well done, Rachel. Yeah. So East Anglia is Cambridgeshire as well. It is. Well, that's absolutely. A, that's a fascinating fact, isn't it? Really. Yeah. And, and uh, we've got time for any more. We've got time for another two emails, I think. Um, so, Ian, can you pull one off after what comes after Rachel's on the list up there on the screen? What comes after Rachel? Uh, I've got one from Ruth Fogg. Where's in Ruth dim from? and distant Chelmsford. Oh, hello, Ruth. You're very welcome to the show. What and has Ruth asked Her us? question is, name any counties in England that you haven't been to. And even if you have <laughs> been to them all, which one would you like most to visit next? So we've got to name a county that we haven't, haven't been, been to that we'd to. like to go to. Yeah. Next. Yeah. Uh, is that ju- oh, it's just in England. Just in England. Yeah. Um, I've been to them all. Um, I've never really been up north. No, I've promised to take you, haven't I? Yeah. I've Introduce got, I, you to I a Wigan kebab. I got as far as Leicestershire once. Got a bit panicky. Had to come back. Yeah? Yeah. Altitude too much for you? Yeah, I think so. It's just, you know, I, I, I'd stopped, I stopped being able to understand what they were saying, I think. Yeah? Was that the road signs or the spoken word? Both. Uh, and the beer started tasting funny. I think funny. what was really worrying you were those two words on the motorway sign, weren't they? The North. Oh, yes. Okay, well, look, House Gang Exit, have got, uh, they've just given up. You haven't up. answered the question. No, um, I'll, I'll go for Yorkshire. That's somewhere up north, isn't it? It is. Very large. Beautiful place. Mike, come on, where are you going? Uh, is Herefordshire in England? Oh, it is, yes. Right. On the border. I get confused with Monmouthshire, but uh, I'd like to go to Herefordshire for its valleys. For its rivers, and um, you can nip into Bristol and uh, uh, Stroud, or is it Stroud? It's uh, Stroud in Gloucestershire, which has got uh, loads of uh, cultural activities and music and so on. So I'd like a combination of the beautiful countryside with the culture and stimulus. I'm going for Cornwall, Mike, because it's only got one border. Well, he's clever, isn't he? Eh? He's, he's clever. He's isn't done he? it again. He's done it again. I don't know how to answer. That. Let's listen to another question now. Thanks to Donna in Norwich, who is listening online for geographical reasons, which I won't go into, because she wishes to keep the city in which she lives confidential.
Well, Donna, the answer to your query is that the number of working cowboys in America started a decline in the 1890s with the invention of barbed wire, which enabled farmers to keep cattle within designated zones and made long cattle drives unnecessary. However, the job is not completely obsolete. According to the United States Bureau of Labor Statistics, 9,730 people currently work as livestock handlers. Of these, 3,290 are listed in the subcategory of spectator sports, which includes rodeos and circuses. Viking nose guard helmets bronze on Northern Ireland. Give us tribute silver, yelled sea robber Olaf, and we will sail away your lives we'll spare. You having a laugh, retorted Earl Birchnoff. We're Essex men with good war gear over here. Come, Olaf, you weedy warrior of war cross the causeway at low tide and swiftly break against our mighty shield walls shining swords we will pierce slit and slay you with whistling spears shouted Olaf our Nordic blend steel will burst your breastplates a spear shaft pierced the swan-like whiteness of Earl's neck his head slashed separate from his bold stance for 10,000 10th century pounds, resources plundered by merciless raiders, the domain in our day of callous rogue traders. The dealer's back is turned on tower blocks. He blanks the broken lifts, the urine tombs. He borrows shares to play short-selling fast-profit stocks inside the cloud-high trading room, amid a monster bank spinning wheel of screens. He spots an overpriced company's Achilles heel. The hedge funds bear rumours down the stock price, intervenes, buys back the shares, makes a million on the trash and cash rogue traders tree, reaped on Poker City's ravenous roulettes with just one stubby finger touch of a key. It's early doors in slick wine bars and oyster croquettes for those bankers of wax who flew too close to the subprime sun and plundered in one afternoon bailout billions in public funds. That was Viking Raiders, The Battle of Malden and City Traders by Colchester poet Mike Harwood. And here is a musical request and query from listeners Ted and Rihanna in West Burgholt, who forced me to do a little bit of research, which I did at Cone Radio's expense. Do you know the way to San Jose? I've been away so long, I may go wrong and lose my way. Do you know the way to San Jose? I'm going back to find some peace of mind in San Jose. Is a great big freeway 
other stars that never were are parking cars and pumping gas. You can really breathe in San Jose. They've got a lot of space. There'll be a place where I can stay. I was born and raised in San Jose. I'm going back to find some peace of mind in San Jose. Do you know the way to San Jose? They ask. And actually, I do. If you're starting from Colchester, you'd want to get a flight from Stansted to Boston, USA, which is a 15-hour flight. From Boston, San Jose is a six-day drive. Now, that is six long days. You'd head west, southwest from Boston via Connecticut and Scranton and Pennsylvania and then strike due west, skirting the southern tips of Lake Erie and Lake Michigan, passing south of Chicago then Iowa and Nebraska. By the time you'd passed into Wyoming, you'd be over halfway, and by the time you'd passed into Utah, you'd be well and truly in the Rocky Mountains. When you get to Nevada, the westward sweep is over and you turn southwest as you head for California. After Sacramento, you turn south and, skirting to the west of San Francisco, which has some very heavy traffic, and just beyond Fremont, there is San Jose. Thank you for your question. I'm going to play you 10 theme tunes to 10 different TV programs. Can you guess them? Yeah? Right, but you don't have to if you don't want to. Okay, we'll give you the answers and see how well you've done. Okay? Right, there we go. Theme tunes that were broadcast here in Britain, guess what they are. Uh, I'll give you the answers. So, here we go. Theme number one. This is, of course, Pop Black. TV theme number two. This one is Keeping Up Appearances. Theme number three. This one is Paddington Bear. TV theme music number four. This one you'll know, it's Vanderbilt. Theme number five. This is... I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. TV theme song number six. This one is Animal Magic. TV theme seven. This theme is from League of Gentlemen. This is theme number eight. This is the riff they use in Countdown. This is TV theme number nine. This is Murder, She Wrote. And finally, here is theme number 10. And this last one is On the Buses. 
theme tunes that were broadcast here in Britain. See how well you've done. Okay? Right. But you don't have to if you don't want to. listening to Out of Box 39 on Colne Radio 106.6 FM. And now, here are the answers to some other questions that we were asked by our listeners. Up until 1752, Britain used the Julian calendar, and New Year's Day was on the 25th of March. It is an offence to impersonate a Chelsea pensioner. No word in the English language rhymes with month, orange, silver, or purple. William the Conqueror ordered that everyone should go to bed at 8 o'clock. The shortest war in history was between Zanzibar and Great Britain in 1896. Zanzibar surrendered after 38 minutes. Berwick-upon-Tweed was officially at war with Russia for 110 years. If you find a cab driver in London not carrying a bale of hay overboard, he is breaking the law. Even though being the sovereign of the United Kingdom, Her Majesty the Queen is not allowed to enter the city of London without seeking the permission of its Lord Mayor. There are over 30,000 John Smiths in Britain. In 1945, a flock of starlings landed on the minute hand of Big Ben and put the time back by five minutes. Britain is the only country in the world which doesn't have the country's name on its postage stamps. Nowhere in Britain is more than 74 and a half miles from the sea. Portugal is England's oldest ally. The Anglo-Portuguese Treaty signed in 1373 is still in force. Although the Great Fire of London destroyed much of the city, only six people were killed. The lance ceased to be an official battle weapon in the British Army in 1927. There are more chickens than humans in England. Rudolf Hess was the last prisoner to be kept in the Tower of London. Placing a postage stamp bearing the monarch's head upside down on an envelope is considered an act of treason. The Licensing Act of 1872 explains that operating a cow or steam engine while intoxicated carries a prison sentence. In 1647, the English Parliament abolished Christmas. Queen Anne had 17 children, all of them died before she did. The military salute comes from medieval knights raising their visors to see each other. Winston Churchill was born in the ladies' toilet during a dance. In the 1700s, men who ran illegal gambling houses hired a special person to swallow the dice if the police showed up. Buckingham Palace was built on the site of a notorious brothel. About 25% of Londoners were born outside the UK and can speak over 300 languages. The British love donkeys. In 2006, the British public gave a total of £20 million to a donkey sanctuary. Every year, the average British family throws away six trees worth of paper. If you kill a deer while driving, you cannot eat it. However, the next person who comes along can. If a whale is found on the British coast, the Queen can claim the head, and she has the legal right to the tail too. London has been called Londinium Cora was crafty. She sewed patchwork quilts, baked cupcakes by the cartload, and crocheted like a woman possessed. Her home was furnished with the detail of a doll's house. Her friends declared it divine. The one fly in her ointment was her husband. Pleasant enough, dear lumbering Ned, but unforgivably slovenly. Blighting the bathroom with spidery black hairs, discarding sweaty socks under the bed. When the mood came upon him and he clambered, grunting atop Cora, she would daydream about curtains. Or, sometimes, of girls from her junior softball team and the way they'd run across the grass, laughing, shining.
Arnold, funny there. Anyway, uh, back to back to the uh, the show, and uh, this is once again Ausgang Exit Reborn winning the day by producing absolutely top-notch music rooted in the community with this tune, which is called Day Trip to Northern Central Essex, and it's brought to you at Wivenhoe Residence Expense. So uh, I'd just like to welcome into the studio, up here on the fourth floor of Colm Radio Towers, I'd like to welcome David Nash. Hello, Dave. Good evening, Bill. Good evening, Mike. Good evening, Ian. Good evening, David. Do you know, Ian, I thought I saw you the other day. Um, I passed a coffee shop, you were having a coffee in there, and they were doing your hair next door. The, um, the, the highlights are lovely. They were. They, uh, they use that little sort of mannequin that they yes. play so, my uh, hairpiece on, so they get the light right on the, uh, on the dyed tips. Well, it looks good. I'm going to keep my sunglasses on. Ian, you're just slightly off the microphone there. Am I? Was I slipping away? You were disappearing Well, I was there. chasing my hairpiece because I haven't put enough adhesive on it. Okay, well, let's again have another look in the digital mailbag. And David, if you don't mind, um, if you can have a look on the screen there, and uh, Ian will just show you who it's from. In fact, I'll tell you, David, this okay. one is from... You have to get to the microphone. Oh, oh it's I- pro- amateurs, amateurs. This is from the official Simon Le Bon from his tweet page. Is it a tweet page? It's a Twitter. It's, it's called a tweet on Twitter. Oh, it's a tweet. Tweet off Twitter. Tweet on Twitter. From his tweet page. On Twitter. Tweet. Tweet. Off Twitter. Okay. And it's from the official Simon LeBon. Go on, David. Right. What does it say? Well, he, he's uh, tweeted in and he said, Why is it so difficult to measure and compare the lengths of countries' coastlines? Why is it so difficult uh, to measure and compare the length of countries' coastlines, Ian? Because they're wiggly. That's a very good answer. Well, very, that's, that's quite a good. Did you do geography A-level? It's a bit like my fringe. It's wiggly. <laughs> well, they're not all wiggly. But if you look at the Egyptian coastline next to Algeria, that's actually straight. Um, so whoever was drawing them walked around Is that around a bit well. like the French coastline between La Rochelle and uh, Bordeaux? No idea. Oh, not Bordeaux, uh, Biarritz. That's oh. straight and all. I don't. I haven't walked that bit of the world. It's a nice walk, straight. That's that's, that's good. You know? <laughs> Shortest distance between two points, David, is a straight line. Well, yeah, but you know the amount of red wine out there, a straight line isn't necessarily good. Okay. And that makes you walk wiggly. Can you see the next one on the screen? I can. The next one is from Teddy in Ipswich. This must be one for Mike to answer because he's an Ipswich town supporter. Ah, uh, Teddy's question, Mike. He says, Queen Elizabeth II has visited uh, 116 countries around the world. How many countries have you set foot in? Well, do you know off the top of your head, Mike? Oh, I'd like to say 118 to uh, cap the Queen, but um, I would say about 18. Well, I think we can ask you this, David. How many have you visited? Well, I've officially visited 103. I've stepped foot in Honduras, but it was literally a foot because there was a coup going on at the time. So 102 is the official figure. Wow, that's uh, impressive. Yeah, but none with the Queen so far. I've met a few Queens on the way, but none with the, uh, the, the Her Majesty. Did you, have, uh, did you have your version of Prince Philip with you? An annoying sidekick who's occasionally inappropriate. Um, yeah. yeah, I did. Yeah, okay, I did. excellent. Well, let's have a look at the next one then. Um, this one comes from Iona or Ilona. Yeah, Iona, I think that's pronounced. And she is from Lower Stuff, just up there, not too far away. She says, uh, I understand, dear Box 39, I understand the British Navy has reportedly used Brittany Spears' music to scare off Somali pirates operating along the coast of East Africa. What music would you use to scare off Somali pirates? Oh, like what a question. Yeah, well, I'd I've like given her a lot of thought. I'd like to answer that one. I would say Go on, ABBA, right? ABBA, but then I'd have to ask the team, would that scare them or would that encourage them? Well, they might wave their hands up and in the air and therefore not be able to point their guns at anyone. Is that waving their arms in the air like they just don't care, Dave? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> is that one of the well-known ABBA songs? <laughs> yeah. No, I think <laughs> Dave named it first, uh, Dancing Queen. All right, well, let's move on because uh, this is one of my favourite authors, J.K. Rowling. Uh, she's written the Harry Potter books, hasn't she? Sold more than 400 million copies, 55 languages around the world. 
approximately how much have you contributed to her being the world's first billionaire author? I'd just like to thank very quickly for that Shari from or Shari or Shari from Dis in Norfolk. Well, Shari, I've contributed probably quite a bit. I took my children to see every film. I think so I probably paid the cinema chains for that. Uh, we've got copies of every book because my children were of the age. They they were children growing up to adults as her children in her books. Did grew you up get the um, Stephen Fry or the was it Jim Ladale? Yes, no, Stephen the American Fry. version. Stephen Fry, absolutely brilliant. Used to listen to that going on holiday. And you went to the theme park or the world? Or I the... did. It was only forty three pounds a head. I think bargain. It was, it was, and I had some butter beer. Well, you know, I, I haven't actually given a penny to J.K. Rowling, but I have had a cup of coffee in in the Portuguese in in Porto, the Portuguese bookshop, which inspired Hogwarts. She used to go there when uh, when she used to have arguments with her Portuguese boyfriend. She used to go there for a cup of coffee, a bit of downtime, and got the inspiration for Hogwarts from a bookshop in Porto. Well, that's amazing. Well, look, I have to say, well, time does fly, gentlemen. Absolutely time flies when we're enjoying ourselves. I'd just like to give a real hearty thank you to all those listeners who contacted us with their questions. Sorry we couldn't get them all in. We hope maybe we can squeeze a few more into Red Button, so that's absolutely wonderful. And we've got one more question. Question here, and here it is. Why don't we do it? So, listener and friend of the show, Steve Ball, writes in to ask, why can't we do it in the road? Well, Steve, outraging public decency is a common law offence in England and Wales and in Hong Kong. There are two elements that must be satisfied for it to be a prosecutable offence. The act has to be of such a lewd character as to literally outrage public decency, and it must have been capable of being seen by two or more persons who are actually present, even if they do not actually see it. Outraging public decency is currently prosecuted around 500 times per year in England and Wales. It is punishable by unlimited imprisonment and or an unlimited fine. So, Steve, I hope that answers your question. That is it. Loyal listeners, it is time for us to go. And you have, of course, been listening to Box 39. I am all over Bill Lawrence. And I've been joined by my fellow community radio hacks, Mr Ian Talentar and Mr Mike Harwood. And my very, very special thanks go to our listeners who have contributed. Thank you for those queries that we've been claiming that you wrote. And thanks, of course, to David Nash. You heard him there, a little little teaser. He'll be with us in a few minutes. So stay tuned to Colm Radio for our sister show, Red Button, coming up with Impromptu and Free later evening discussion, great music, and much more, including, of course, David Nash. So here we are, a mere stone's throw from the 500,000 square foot plot, where we will be building a brand new £50 million full spectrum media centre. But in the meantime, folks, we are still high up on the fourth floor of Cone Radio Towers, high above the full and fertile lands of North East Essex. It's time for us to close Box 39 once more. Be seeing you. Be seeing you. Be seeing you. Production for Cone Radio.